Welcome to Nothing Is OB South Texas Golf Podcast, Episode 75. My special guest tonight is Ian Parnaby. He is the South Texas sales rep for Callaway Golf. And not only is he just a rep, he's the best damn rep out there. All right. Ian's going to talk about his stories from his time on mini tour, coaching, his time in the industry. He's had 17 plus years, and that blew him away in the golf industry. Hey, Ian, thanks for joining the show tonight, man. Appreciate your time, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. A little excited to kind of chit chat about golf. Well, shoot, man. Uh, this is what I was telling somebody earlier today, right? Somebody goes, because uh, uh, this is Reed out at Alisation. Alisation Golf Course is a, is a, is a great uh, supporter of uh, the Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast. And then talking with Brandon, right? Brandon's talking shit, right? He's like, man, he goes, dude, he goes, what's up with all these Callaway guys you're getting on the show, right? And I said, well, I said, y'all guys are like a dime a dozen out there, right? <laughs> the first time I met you, it was during COVID. You're out there at Fort Sam. It was you and Aaron Flores. You know, you're yeah, 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 yeah. The weather was yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. You know it. Y'all were just out there, like, just, you know, lonely, all right? There's nobody out there. And, and then uh, the next time, uh, you played in our Putting for Pops tournament with Bimler and Jaime Luna out at Brack. Yeah. And then you were there for an opening at the PGA Superstore, and some, and I'm just looking, and some guys like messing with my ear, right? Some guys <laughs> messing with my ear, and I turn around, I'm like, who the who the hell's messing with my ear? And it's you, and I'm like, man, this guy's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. All right. <laughs> and from what I hear, from what I hear, everybody, everybody in the golf business has said that you're the man. Right? Look, already right there, we got we got some comments right there. Ian is the man. There we go. Who is that? All right. I, I don't. I don't know because sometimes they have to register. They have to register for it to show up. I have like three different screens right here, and so it could be. Love it. Yeah, you know, but uh, nothing but great things, Ian. I thanks again. Uh, and I tell him right. I tell him. I said, you know what? I've been trying to get Ian on the show. I said, you know what? This lets you know how well my podcast is doing. Two years ago, he's not responding to any of my texts, but now I said he gets back to me asap. I said so that just tells you where I'm going. Yeah, uh, well, that's probably, uh, it was probably in the, you probably texted me the first time in the golf boom when every man and their mother started playing golf, right? <laughs> Did, looked, didn't, didn't sleep for about four months when the, in probably April of 2020 and onwards. Yeah, crazy. Right here. I think you know this guy. Ian is the man. Dingman, yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. That's one of, one of my part-time employees right there. There we go, right there. <laughs> All right, so let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us and take us through your golf journey, where it all started? Cool, man. I started when I was six years old. Um, well, I guess it started a little bit before that. I guess my my grandfather and my, my dad, I just kind of started swinging a golf club in the yard. And my grandfather was a pretty avid golfer, and he kind of said, look, Ian's got a nice swing. Just, you know, I'd hit wiffle balls in the yard or whatever. And then uh, – my parents got me my first set of clubs when I was, I think I was six. Um, so then I started to kind of dabble with it and driving range and whatever. And then got to 10, and, 10 or 11. And um, that's when I could start playing golf by myself without an adult being with me. That was the club rules at Durham City Golf Club where I grew up in England. So then I got to like 11 and I could play by myself. And all of a sudden it just became like a, bit of an obsession to be honest that's all i did my my brother was a a really good soccer player my brother played in the premier league for for two different teams for years my dad was a soccer coach so it was really my grandfather and my uncle 
that got me going with golf. So, um, and I think quickly my dad realized that, hey, he might be pretty good, you know? I was too slow to be a soccer player. Right. <laughs> okay, so 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 it seems like it seems like you've become Americanized because you don't yeah. you don't refer to it as football. You say soccer. <laughs> well, I figure the listeners won't know what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> if I say football, right? So, so kind of that's where it all. And then it just like it was summer times at the golf course. Um, a few other sports mixed in, but golf was always going to be my thing, you know. And then. I got involved in the in England. There's like a a national coaching system. It's very structured and kind of takes you from the early stages of your golf career all the way through. Um, and I kind of hit every level of that as I was growing up. And I ended up playing for the national team at different levels. Um, and then with that and all the exposure came, you know, I, I, the coach at Tennessee watched me play in the British boys championship. Um, that probably, that was probably 1997. And it came down to where I had to choose between Tennessee and Campbell university. Right. Oh, easy. As an, e- easy. Well, as, an, as an English kid, it wasn't because I had, I had no clue. So I actually committed to the university of Tennessee without taking a visit. So I'd never been to the United States before. My dad did some research and he said, you are an idiot if you don't go to Tennessee. <laughs> now, okay, so tell me, so is that pretty common with with Europeans or especially junior golfers at that age when they make commitments for never visiting like a school in the States? Is that like, is, is that like common or especially maybe during the time that you were coming up? I think when I was, it probably was because we were all just trying to get here, right? Um, get a scholarship get a good education and play the highest level of golf that we could. I think now that world travel is a little bit easier than it used to be. I think most kids now probably take a visit and there's a bit more interaction with the coaches and stuff before they commit to go to a school. But in my case, I was absolutely clueless. Like I landed in Atlanta airport and I remember asking a lady the time I said, Ma'am, what's the time? And she spoke to me in this southern accent. I couldn't <laughs> understand what she said. And I said, "Do you know how to get the terminal, the, the gate, like C twenty four or whatever?" And she, I never forget it. She said, "Well, you get on the train." I said, "There's a train in the airport." I, was just, I mean, I was just like the size of the place, and I was well. Atlanta, was Atlanta, Atlanta does have one of the the nation's biggest yeah. airports, if I'm not mistaken. I think it is like the I biggest. Think I think airport. it's. I think it's the busiest airport in the U.S. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell so yeah. I was I was just totally overwhelmed. Just a kid in a duffel bag and his golf clubs. I just didn't have a clue what I was doing. Now, now coming coming to England and playing over here in the states, what do you think has been the the biggest, or what are some of the biggest differences? from golf here in the states and golf back home like like when i was when i was growing up a lot of the um a lot of the amateur tournaments the higher level amateur tournaments like the british amateur the british boys they're played on links golf courses right like st andrews carnoustie royal burkdale places like that so it's a it's a different style of golf you know you're playing in the wind you're playing in rain you know nasty conditions it could be really cold in the middle of july things like that so that was probably the biggest adjustment was playing a lot with no wind, which some people think, well, isn't that easier? Well, 
not really when you're used to playing in a 20 mile an hour crosswind and you know so that took some adjusting and learning to hit the ball a little higher um learning to play on different grasses like i'd never played on bermuda grass before so what is the grass that 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 is common it's, over there it's kind of it's like a common like uh bent fescue mix um okay. i guess you'd say bent grass um so you're not really reading into any grain and you know you're, you're playing south texas and every putt is turning is breaking you know twice as much depending on which way the grains go and things like that well shoot especially here in san antonio we look at bent yeah. grass especially bent grass greens as like yeah. a luxury right it's like yeah. It's, yeah. it's a luxury and so i know alisation has them i know uh briggs has them but i think briggs is actually going to go to like what I think like they a, dug them up yeah. yeah 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 they're going to like a hybrid right they're going to a hybrid yeah. and so i look at bent grass in like I, I I'm over here like freaking out. I said like, what kind of you know green is this? Yeah. And so, it seems like uh, you talk about the terrains and different. And so, how big of adjustment was that as you had to hit the ball higher or have little to no wind uh, as opposed to? I mean, I was I was I mean, I, I was lucky when I when I got to Tennessee. I had some I had two like phenomenal coaches. Like they were very hands on with us and kind of helped me along my way pretty quick. But you know, being around American kids on the team, you would pick up stuff from your teammates, right? Like, if you're smart, if you see someone do something well, like, I would latch onto that and say, hey, teach me how to hit that shot, you know? Or, you know, we would we, we would chip a lot with eight irons, nine irons, and I get to the U.S. and everyone's using a 60 degree for every shot that they, they had, right? <laughs> everyone's hitting flop shots everywhere, but on the flip side, the American guys on my team got better at hitting bump and runs because I could teach them that part. And then they, they would teach me this, you know, help me with the stuff the way you needed to hit it higher, things like that. So it's just a different style of golf and a, just a just a different way of playing, really. Now, now one now one thing we got, we got a little picture right here. Right there. There we go. Wow, that, was, that was pretty good looking back then. <laughs> I, I don't think you were ready right there. If anyone's looking right now, uh, right there, there's an orange. There's a guy wearing an orange tie, and it doesn't seem like you're just looking. <laughs> you see, you see, I'm the only guy wearing the orange tie. At the there University you go, of Tennessee. Yes, that's see? right. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's probably your only tie at the time. Is that probably, is that right? Yeah, I think actually my my roommate at the time gave me that tie when I was a freshman. Yeah. That was awesome. I can't believe you pulled that picture up. Hey, man, I'm, the guy, I'm, the, the, the guy on the front right there with the stripy tie is uh, David Skins, and he's got a full card on the PGA Tour right now. Damn. So when I was digging in the archives, looking at looking for some dirt on you, I saw that you really you, you were a really great player in, in college, and y'all led Tennessee to like a really high ranking. And what was maybe the, the one thing or the one moment that stood out the most during your collegiate career? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I remember my first shot tournament shot in college golf. I was – I'm not going to curse on your show, but – you, you can. Nothing I, is OB. Nothing is OB. I, I mean, I, I mean it, was, it was the, it was the, the farm golf course in Dalton, Georgia. And in college golf – you know, it's shotgun start, right? So it's my first tournament as a college golfer, a freshman. My coach is with me on the tee box, and I think it was number 12, and it's a freaking island green, 
right? There's water everywhere. And it's seven o'clock in the morning. It's 40 degrees. And I'm, I'm shaking. Like I, I can't even hold the golf club. And I'm looking at this green and it looks like it's that big. <laughs> and I skank this pitching wedge up there and it, it barely clears the water and just ends up in the collar right there. And so that's my, that was my first shot of college golf. That was my first memory, but I mean, kind of crazy to say it, but I birdied my first hole and my last hole of college golf. So I chipped that ball in for two. And then I birdied my very last hole at NCAAs at uh, Oklahoma State's course, uh, Stillwater, Carston Creek. Oh, man. Hey, uh, that course looks amazing because it's it seems, pretty cool. It seems like Oklahoma State, like it's every other year they're hosting like the regionals yeah. or, yeah. or NCAAs and that course looks amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was so, so lucky, like, you know, going to school, I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I went to Knoxville. I mean, they had everything laid out for us, you know, the best of medical care, practice facilities, golf courses. I mean, I would go back and do college golf all over again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, it was looking well, back. Not- I mean, it was just awesome. Especially in the SEC. I mean, come on, right? I mean, it was like we played like Sawgrass Country Club. We went to Hawaii for a tournament. Um, Augusta. Did you ever go to Augusta? We we didn't play Augusta, but every year we played in Augusta State's tournament, and the tournament gift was Monday practice round tickets to the Masters. Oh. Like the Augusta tournament would finish on the Sunday, and then Masters week started on Monday, so we got to go to Augusta. So. Damn. Actually, the first the first time I went to Augusta, one of the guys I grew up playing golf with in Northeast England, he was the British amateur champion. So he had a spot in the field at Augusta. So my first time at Augusta was working pretty much number one tee to 18 green alongside him. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's badass. Now, now what kind of what kind of guy are you? Like, who's your PGA guy being from England? Uh, when I was, when I was growing up learning the game, like I love Nick Faldo, like, sir, Nick Faldo, sir, Nick, sir, Nick Faldo, (laughs) but you know, he was, you know, the number one golfer in the world. And you know, that 96 masters, when he came from behind against Greg Norman, all that stuff, he won back-to-back masters, what, 89 and 90 or 90, 91, I can't remember, but he was kind of the guy that I always paid attention to what he was doing. Um, you know, Seve a little bit, being a European guy, he was always fun to watch, crashing it out the trees and chipping over swimming pools and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now, I got some I got some comments right here. Uh, that's pretty cool. Does Augusta live up to the hype? Oh, man, absolutely. I mean, I've never gotten to play it. Um, but the thing that is just astounding about that place is on TV, it looks super cool, right? It looks 100% better in person, and you wouldn't believe how, like, hilly the place is. Like, I remember walking onto number number 13, dogleg, par 5, to the left. And in 96, uh, Faldo hit, like, a two-iron from the middle of the fairway and, you know, high-cut, middle-of-the-green, two-putted birdie. I kind of stood and looked at where he hit that shot from, and that fairway is like that. <laughs> like, I'm like, how the hell do you hit a cut off a lie like that? 
with a with a bladed two iron, right, and a whatever ball he was playing, an old ballada ball, and I just <laughs> I was like, man, that is what a golf shot, you know. But yeah, so it's uh, Augusta does live up to the hype for sure. Oh, I would say, uh, man, Sir Nick Faldo, great guy. I had the privilege of meeting him in the 2019 Dell match play. Uh, he was he's great guy. Like, I mean, I saw him going up, and you know how he's an announcer now, and so yep. I I give I give those guys all the credit because he's out there and he's checking the greens, he's looking at what would be uh, the I guess the pin position on Sunday, yep. you know, and, and and so he's out there and uh, I, he I I said hi to him. I you know I didn't. I'm I'm part doing media stuff out there, so I don't want to be you know all all uh, fanboy, even though which yeah, I was yeah. right. And he was really nice. Introduced me to his wife. I think was riding along with him. Just just a great guy, you know. Anybody that gives me time, like I'm I'm their biggest fan. I mean, it's I pretty cool. I think guys like that when they're doing announcing, like it it gives it it gives it a different level, right? When he's describing a shot that a player's got on TV right now, because he's. He's done it all. He's been through all the emotions of all the shots. And I think it's pretty cool to listen to them guys as now that they're announcers rather than playing, you know. Now, in regards to the tournament you played in Augusta right here, Miss, this is Mrs. Reed, Miss Laura Reed, the GM out at Alice Station Golf Club. My son, Curtis Reed, play in that tournament every year. And he has a great memories of that tournament. Also, she stated, Curtis commented the same thing. TV does not show the undulations. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and so right here, <laughs> Brandon, as a rep, what is the one thing you like the most about your job? <laughs> Absolutely my customers, Brandon. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it, oh, man, good question, Brandon. I'm, I'm shocked that he's listening or watching. Um, I think just like the interaction with people that love golf, right? I'm a golf guy. I've been, all I've done is golf. And I get to go out every day and talk about the awesome products that Callaway produce. And I'm talking to people that are as passionate, if not more passionate about golf than I am. I mean, I'd say that's kind of my job in a nutshell. I mean, what, what job can you think is a golf guy that's better than that? You know, other Damn. than playing on the, other than playing on the PGA tour. <laughs> Well, damn, dude. Uh, Brandon, I, I'm blaming Brandon because Brandon really jumped the gun right there, you know, in, in our timeline, right, of, of things that, that we're going to discuss. Yep. But you know what? I freaking love to hear that. I love to hear that coming from a golf rep, from a former player who's grinded out on tour, a former coach of my beloved alma mater at the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA Roadrunners, is that word passion. I'm a teacher and a coach, so I love to hear that, that you know what? If you're doing it for the money, I think you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. If you're doing it because yep. you love it and it could it could provide for your family, then hey, it's like it, you're killing two birds with one stone, and you're doing that much more of a quality job. And yep. it seems like all the pros that are Callaway guys, like they've really uh, one of my good buddies. Uh, his name is Carlos Brown. He's a Nike guy as well, Nike apparel guy, and he's a Callaway guy uh, up in Dallas, up in Keaton Park. And uh, one thing he's always he's always told me about Callaway is that they're quality people and that they're people that he wants to be uh, associated with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm sure, you know, when you come in there now that since the golf boom from COVID, you don't have to do too much selling, but I think that's what kind of sets you apart from the big boys. Would you say? Yeah. I mean, I the, think, other you know, big boys, the other big boys, the other big boys. 
I mean, you look at like, just look at Callaway. I mean, I don't know how much you know about, but like Chip Brewer, our CEO, I mean, he is a golf guy. Like he's a scratch or one handicap himself. Um, so I think, I think that reflects in all the products that we produce is that Chip's fingerprints are on the products. And I mean, his big, his big kind of message to us is be humble and hungry, right? I mean, as a company the size of Callaway, for him to keep kind of harping on us about being humble and hungry, like that's pretty cool, right? I mean, he's a sales guy and he just loves golf. He loves cool golf equipment, right? And I think that reflects in the sales force and the products that we, we put to market. I'm a true believer in that. Like I always try to, to teach or coach a kid that, you know, it, you know, people are good on picking up on the bullshit. You know, if you don't believe in it, they're going to pick up on it somehow or another. Yeah. There's going to be those fools and those suckers that, Oh, Oh, this is going to give me 15 yards of distance, or this is going to help me break, you know, into the eighties, but you know what? And and I think people always want that. They want to believe, you know, they want to feel like, like you're a true believer in the product. Mm Mm-hmm. We have to be. I mean, thankfully, I, I I have great products to sell, but like I go out and hit it and see what it does and kind of get the right stuff for myself, for my game that so I can speak to the product a little better, you know, try all the different golf balls. You know, you try to pay attention to what our tour players are doing on tour, right? Adam Hadwin's a Callaway guy. He's leading the U.S. Open, by the way, right? Yep, so, he's in the lead right now. You know what I mean? John Rahm had a good day. So you try to pay attention to that stuff. And, you know, it's just golf's just awesome to me. I mean, the type of people that are around golf, the, you know, new golf clubs are fun, right? I mean, thankfully, people like golf clubs. That's how I make a living. But people get, <laughs> but people get genuinely excited when they come and hit a new driver or hit a new set of irons. You know, I don't think you get that same buzz when you're buying a pair of football cleats or a pair of basketball shoes, right? Like golf equipment is a totally different level. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm a I was a bit of a sneakerhead growing up, and now like I've just kind of I've just turned it to now I'm just like a golf sneakerhead. I love it. You I know, love it. I'm just a yeah. golf sneakerhead, and like you said, you know, this people that love golf. All right, so let's get back to it. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to your career. What brought you to the University of Texas at San Antonio, my alma mater? How did you get there? Well, first, my my wife, right? So she she took the head women's coaching job. I was still playing mini tour golf, right? Just wasting all the money I had playing mini tour golf, right? <laughs> Staying in, you know, motels in the middle of Alabama, places like that. But we really moved at the time for her job. Um, I worked at Briggs Ranch for a while after I got done with professional golf. And at the time, UTSA was growing. You've seen how much UTSA has grown, right? And at the time when, when we moved here, the, my wife, Carrie, she was hired at the same time as the new men's coach, uh, Coach Knauer. Who just retired. Who just retired. retired. Yeah, he's a good friend. And uh, also at the same time, uh, Bill Rogers was involved as, in kind of a, as a volunteer position on the coaching staff too. Um, and as the golf programs and the athletics programs grew, um, they kind of gave the golf programs the ability to hire one more person. And I kind of helped out on the, on, on the girl's side more, um, just because of my wife, uh, you know, regrip the clubs, 
help them with a lesson or here or there, play golf with them. So from that, it, I just kind of naturally worked my way into a position where I was working with both the men's and women's golf programs. Co- coolest job in the world, by the way, college golf coaching. It was awesome. Well, I, I told you this story before. It was awesome. I, I, I've told you this story before. Now, your wife would donate all of the old bags and, and old equipment to Ben shop that used to be over there at Mulberry. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I'd always go into Ben shop because it's like one of the best places in the world. Well, I still go into Ben shop all the time. It's, it's a candy the, store for golfers. It, it, right? it is. It's it. I feel like, I feel like Charlie, I'm, I'm Charlie and Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Right. I think there's and a bunch so, of my old hybrids in Ben's <laughs> shop still from like 2008. And they, and they, and they still haven't sold and they still haven't sold. <laughs> exactly. They've all got wear marks in the heel. Yeah. And so, um, and so I'm always, you know, I'm over there and, and, you know, the old shop, right? Like there's, there's always things in like nooks and crannies over there, yeah. right? The fireplace, yeah. uh, he's got shafts in the toilet, right? You know, he's got, he's got his little yeah. beverages around the yeah. fireplace, yeah. right? And so I, I'm looking and I see something orange and white at the top of like all the lefty clubs. Yeah, and so yeah. I go over there and I look and it's a UTSA golf bag. And I'm like, oh my gosh, right? And I asked Ben, I said, hey, Ben how much? And he goes, 20 bucks. And I'm like, I make this face. And he goes, what, too much? <laughs> and he goes, too, too less or, you know, not enough. And I was like, not enough. Here's 20 bucks. Thank you. And I book it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I look and there's a British flag on there and yeah. there's the name Ian Parnaby on there. And I'm like, who the, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? Right. I don't know who this guy is. So all I know is I take, I, I get my own name. I get my own name done. I put it over your name and then I get the United States flag and I put it of just a flag that's slightly bigger that over, the, awesome. over the British flag. And then sure enough, I come to find out that that's you. And I said, shoot, small freaking world. That's cool. That's awesome story. <laughs> hey man. And it. you know what? And, and it was summer. Summer was the one that when I was interviewing summer, summer was the one telling me that, you know, you were her coach and yep. uh, your wife w- was the coach out there. And I think, I think that that's awesome how like, you know, it, that means your family is still part of that university. Man, Summer is a, she's a, she's a pretty cool story. When, when we first got here, I mean, she had all the talent in the world. She was an athlete, right? But she was just raw. She just didn't, she'll admit, she didn't really know how to play the game. But she could hit it 20 yards, 30 yards past everyone else she played with in the women's game. So we kind of helped her develop her game. And I mean, by the time she was, uh, she was a senior, I think she was playing number one on the team. And, you know, when we won a conference championship and then to see her go from playing to being my wife's assistant, to being the head coach of the women's golf program. I mean, that, that kind of shows, I guess, thinking back, that's kind of shows my wife and I, that we did a lot of things right when we were coaching coaching the kids, right? Because if you can have that kind of influence and she wanted to stay part of it and have the same influence herself, like that's kind of all you ask for, right? And, and and that's that's what's so beautiful about it is that, you know what, you, y'all have left your mark on that program and y'all have to be like proud parents seeing the job that summer's done is, you know, keeping, oh, keeping, it, keeping it rolling, you know, keeping yep. it rolling, building off of the success that y'all had when she was a player. I mean, she's got, she's got, I mean, you I mean, that she's got a great team. I mean, some great players, some looks like, you know, a couple of the girls have got the potential to go play, you know, 
maybe give the next level a shot. I mean, Summer works hard too. She kind of she she grinds it out and gets it done. Uh, and she, you know what? And I'm so proud of them. I was so proud to see Cameron uh, again, friend. Yeah. You know, Summer Cameron. They're friends of the program, friends of the podcast. And I was so happy to see uh, Cameron get that you know individual accolade, but also. It was because of the team getting to regionals yep. that she yep. got that opportunity to get there. I remember when, when we first got to San Antonio, I remember the girls winning the first program in UTSA women's golf history at Rockport Country Club. I mean, it was like, I, I wish you could, like the, their faces when they pulled that off. I mean, that was like, that's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Like it was something that at, at some point they probably thought, man, we'll never win the tournament. We'll never be any good. But just a year of kind of really focusing on what they needed to focus on. And then they won that tournament in the spring. That was, that was one of the coolest things I've seen in golf. That's freaking, that's freaking beautiful, dude. Especially being, especially being an alumni and hearing that from somebody who coached them, uh, you know, that, that, that is freaking beautiful because I know in speaking with Summer, the love and the pride and hearing that from you, man, you're giving me, you're giving me goosebumps yeah. right now, you know, yeah. just especially because it's, it's where I met my wife, you know, we're season, we're season ticket holders for football. So if ever you want to come out, if ever you want to come out, we tell game. Oh, I tell you, you I, I, we went to, I think we went, my son and I went to four or five games last year. It was awesome. What a show they put on, you know? Oh my gosh. And so UTSA is hot right now. It, it's a yep. hot university, hot athletics. Uh, you know what? Uh, Lisa Campos is doing some great things there. And uh, it's just a great—it's a great time to be a roadrunner. It is. Yep. No, it is. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Like you know, I mean, from being a, would you call it a commuter school? You know, between what, I don't know, ten years ago maybe, to to what it is now. I mean, it's. I mean, Lynn Hickey did a lot of the work when we were, when we were working there. Uh, she was an amazing lady. She was um, one of. She was. She was one of the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first female athletic directors. Yeah, she was, she country. was an amazing she was an amazing lady. You know, she was on the final four committee and, and all that kind of stuff. Um but she like Lynn really supported the golf program. She saw that she saw that golf was an avenue for to attract um donors, uh you know just influential people in San Antonio played golf. So and, and Lynn kind of like latched onto that and, and understood that. So it was it was pretty cool to have the support of her at the level we did. It's it's so funny because one thing I see, uh, I have a lot of friends that are were like they played baseball, they played softball, they played golf, right? Mm -hmm. For UTSA. And you know, they're they're from like 10, 12 years ago, kind of like what you're talking about. And like the the joy and the relationship that I saw them have with Lynn Hickey. You know, like, cause Lynn Hickey would go and man, she'd be, she'd be shaking babies, kissing hands before football yeah. games, you know? And, yeah. and you see like these former student athletes really like, she had like a genuine relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought was like, was odd. I mean, this is like a lady who's like, Hey, she's up in the hierarchy. Right. And, but she, she has a good relationship with, with the student athletes, you know, and the former student yeah. athletes. And I think that's a big thing to do. Well, as we yep. as we move on, we let's get into let's get into some of what currently what you do in the game of golf. You're a, you're a Callaway rep. You're a hell of a good rep. It seems like you have all these great relationships with with all the pros of the who's who and the greatest courses here in the South Texas area. What do you think has really kind of separated you 
from what maybe other reps and other other uh, brands do? I mean, again, I mean, I'm lucky to, to work for the company that I work for. Like, I mean, the, the when you look at like the Callaway product line, the first golf ball that I had to sell as a rep was a Chrome Soft. Callaway had a lot of dogs before the Chrome Soft. There was a lot of bad golf balls, hey, right? Hey, there's, there's nothing like a good Warbird, all right? <laughs> <laughs> we still play four bro. Hey, four bros, we still play Warbirds, all right? I love it. I love it. I love it. But um, and that, I, I think just, I mean, I, I don't think of myself as a great rep or anything. I just, I, I just love what I do, I guess. And I hope that, I just hope that that comes across when I'm interacting with the golf pros, the retail associates, club fitters. I mean, you know, you put good products with a lot of passion. I mean, it's probably going to turn out pretty good, right? It, I think it's that simple, to be honest. Well, it seems like you've made it simple. And from speaking with Hector out at the Dominion, Brandon out of Gateway Hills, Mrs. Reed from Alisation, uh, you know, Travis with the ACGT Tour, uh, man, you know, they have nothing but good things to say about your relationship with with them uh bimler who used to be out at a uh, fair oaks yeah, fair oaks, yeah. yeah. yeah, fair oaks. yeah. and it, it seems like man like you've really cemented and, and planted yourself here in this region as like the go-to guy well i think you got to take pride in it right like i mean you know as a golf guy i mean you tell me if i'm wrong but I, I'm, I'm not sure there's a better job in golf you know, I mean, if you look at Callaway, I mean, Callaway Golf across the board is, you know, the number one golf company as a whole, right? From when I took my job, we we acquired Ogio, Travis Matthew, Jack Wolfskin, and we own Top Golf. I mean, what Damn. a what a what a company, right? <laughs> the who's who, the who's who of golf, right I mean, there. I mean, it's pretty it's it's pretty cool to see like a like a golf company to to evolve the way it has and, you know, have entertainment, apparel, but the mothership is a golf brand. Like, I think that's awesome. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Right. So I'm speaking with Hector, right. We played at the Dominion last, last, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, which is, and again, thank you, Hector for the hospitality. Amazing. And, uh, you know, we're talking, I'm talking about my boy, Richie, who's, who's one of the pros out at San Antonio country club. Yep. And he was on here and he was on here and we'll get to his comment here in a little bit. And I said, Oh yeah, my boy, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm picking at these pros, right? Cause I don't know. I'm a commoner. I'm on the outside looking in and I'm so curious about their deals, right? Every, every pro or every head pro, right. Has like a certain deal or contract with, you know, their, their brand. Right. Yep. And with their, their club manufacturer. And, you know, uh, my boy, Richie, he's with Titleist. And so he's got the foot joy and, and stuff like that. Right. And so Hector goes, well, I'm with an apparel brand too. It's not too shabby. Have you ever heard of Travis Matthew? And I'm like, I'm like, this. oh shit. Yes, I have. You know what? Okay. That is, that is pretty cool. You know? And so right here. Okay. So right here, my boy, Richie states, Ian, does Andy Torres need the super soft golf ball? I think Andy Torres needs the golf ball. John Rahm plays with. I'm going to go with a, with a Chrome soft X. <laughs> that's what good that's what good players play with oh, hey well then you know what i'll stick to them warbirds then <laughs> all right and by the way ian you told me right you're, you're gonna hook you're gonna hook up a couple of my listeners tonight with a with a dozen balls right yeah we'll give away a couple dozen balls yeah 
for sure. All right, okay. So all you got to do is in order to get to be eligible, you just got to comment. And thank you, guys. Thank you for my viewers, everybody commenting out there. Just in case you're just hopping in right here, I'm speaking with Ian Parnaby. He is a South Texas rep for Callaway Golf, and he is the top dog in this area. All right, so right here. Everybody knows, or everybody that I spoke to, they've said, you know, yes, you deal with on the sales side. But when I first met you, you were actually out there fitting people yourself. Is that something that you do still to this day that you personally fit people? Yeah. So I, um, as the outside sales rep, I'm able to have a team of club fitters that work with me, um, conduct the events, things like fitting events, things like that. But like, I, I love it. I love club fitting, right? That you're in a position where you can help people get better at golf, right? And I, I've got, I think I have a, I've just always had a passion for that, whether it be the college coaching part or the club fitting part. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that don't have the right equipment out there. And I just like to interact with people in general about golf. And I think it's good for me to be hands-on with the equipment rather than just having my guys do it. Like, and I, and I genuinely enjoy doing it too. So it's a bit of both to answer your question. All right, guys. And we're back. Let's get into some fun stuff in regards to Ian and his golf right here. Ian, favorite course around the greater San Antonio area? Well, man, I thought, I thought about this today. And I'm, I mean, Oak Hills Country Club just has so much history. And it's just such a cool piece of property. And it's, I think it's an awesome golf course. I love. I think it. San Antonio is so lucky to have that place. I love it, man. It's a gem, and, and it's it's so funny because so many people. Uh, luckily enough, I have one of my former students that is a member out there, and he's always like, "Hey, coach, uh, hey, do you want to hit the range and play a twenty-seven holes? Yeah, let's go. Hey, coach, uh, you want to come and play nine or see how many holes we can get? I was like, "Hey, let's do it, dude. I'm in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I'm telling my wife, I say, you know what? Uh, can we go to church on Saturdays to Sunday? Uh, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna try to play 36. You know? I'm gonna be busy. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's such. It's such a beautiful. You know, it's a. It's a. It's a AW Tilling House course. Uh, I really love this setup. And you know what? I love that country. You know what? Call me bougie. I I love that country club lifestyle to where you can just get out on the course and it's not busy at all. Mm -hmm. But I just think that the. If you look back at like the, the tournaments that place has hosted and like who's played there, I mean it's it's a list of every 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 great golfer through history's probably stepped foot on Oak Hills, you know. I, I agree with you. It it has those same vibes that you get when you're at Brackenridge, you know, when you, you're yep. at you're at these historical courses that like the spirit of golf is there. And if you yep. don't feel it, you know, you, you know, do you even golf? And you know, I mean, you and, and the the renovation they did made it that much better too. You know, I agree with you. Now, favorite golf memory? Oh man, this is. Uh, I was thinking about this one. I just. I, I think like got, th I know you got a lot of them. Yeah, um, my fir the first the first time I hit the first tee shot at St Andrews. Oh, when was that? Like, that was um there's a big amateur tournament played there every year i think i think they still play it. it's called the i think it's called the lynx trophy um and i'd never been to st andrews before i'd never played there um so the first practice round there we played the jubilee course 
And then the second practice round there was uh, the old course, right? And you kind of like, before you actually hit the shot, you know, you're around St. Andrews the night before, you're, you're getting dinner in the town or whatever. People are walking the streets, clinking their metal spikes down the street, right? I mean, it's the, it's the coolest town. If you're a golfer, like, it's heaven, right? But then you're kind of walking around. You, you walk kind of around past the first tee, and you're like, ah, oh, no big deal. But when you, act, when you stand on the first tee of St. Andrews and you get ready to hit a shot, I mean, it's weird. Like, as a golfer, something comes over you, and you just, like, it, it's just an amazing place. It's got this aura about it. And then the last thing you think is don't hit it out of bounds. That, <laughs> the, the fairway is 250 yards wide. And the last thing that goes through your mind is don't hit it OB. <laughs> now, in regards to where you grew up, how far is that from you? It was about a three, three and a half hour drive dead straight north. Yeah. So I live just, just south of the, where, you know, the England-Scottish border. All right. Does everybody drink their pints? Is it lukewarm over there or room temperature? The true ale drinkers, yes. It comes right out the casket. It's, it's lukewarm. But we do have ice-cold beer for the Americans, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, okay, so right here. I, I got a quote right here, okay? I got a quote right here for you. Let me see right there. Okay. I, laddie, I always slipped into a British accent for him. I voted for him. I voted for him for salesperson of the year, in which he won for the section. He's the only one who switched me to graphite in my irons, and it changed my world. T. Sal, Travis Salkowski, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that yeah, that boy and his equipment. Yeah. Well, okay. So the first time I met Travis, I go in the bins, and I see Ben and Alex giving this guy neon green, neon hot yellow hot pink uh shafts right like clubs and i'm like this what what the heck right and i see travis is like oh this is perfect this is perfect you know with the pop collar oh man you know me ben you know me and that's the first time i met him right and i'm just like oh my gosh this guy is like like it's, it's a total a total douche a total douchebag yeah. right <laughs> and then i'm just like as, as i've gotten to know him and i've worked with him and he's taking me under his wing and he's taking me around the tour. And you know what? I really like the funny thing is like, that is really him. I'm going to tell you, my, I'll, I'll tell you the, my first interaction with Travis, right? Have we got time for that? Oh, of course. Hell yeah. Nothing's right. OB. Nothing's OB. So, so I'm the sales rep. It's like my first year. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of, as a sales rep does, you, you kind of, I'm kind of looking through like the list of my accounts and who I've got and, like who's doing business, who isn't doing business. And at the time, the, the Alamo City Golf Trail wasn't really doing that much business. So I kind of figure out, I, I knew Mr. Roshek from just being coaching and being in town. And then uh, someone tells me, oh, you need to get in touch with Travis. I'm like, Salkowski. I'm like, well, who's this Travis guy? Like, well, the office is at San Pedro. So I called San Pedro like eight times. And he just blanked me every time. Like, he liked at the yeah at the time he liked Nike stuff, right? <laughs> He's a Nike guy, yeah. He liked all the shirts where he could, you know, where he could pop his collar. So 
at the time he liked Nike. I don't know if he, I hope he's not listening because he's going to kill me for this. But <laughs> so anyway, so I just went above his head and I emailed I emailed Jim, his boss. I said, hey, Jim, you know, I've been having trouble getting old Travis. And the next day, Travis and I were sat at San Pedro talking about Callaway product. And then that that's how that's where Travis and I's relationship started. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, uh, y'all are like two peas in a pod. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was. <laughs> I remember that. Greg Hiller worked over there at that time at San Pedro, and yeah, it was awesome. There you go. Hey, hey right here, HGT Tour Series. True story. True story. That means he's watching right now. He's, he's watching awesome. right now. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I got a, I got a, I got some comments right here that we need to yep. get to um, right here. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. I think I think this is Miss Reed. You're a great rep. Wish we bought more from Callaway. I got another one right here. Arnold Garcia. Being a Callaway rep, are you disappointed in Phil going over to the Live Golf Tour? Oh man, I knew one of these questions would come up. Um, that that was that was on here too because you know what I. It, that that's got to be a slippery slope for you guys in regards to especially uh, product uh, sponsorship. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We honestly don't. We we don't really have any direction yet from from Callaway as to kind of what where we stand on it or anything like that. It's very early, right? Um, I mean, Phil Phil has been a a golf icon for so long, and he's represented Callaway for so long that uh, I, I guess. To see him have to go through maybe what, you know, the, the turmoil he's going through. I, I mean, it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a tough one, right? Because there's, there's both the sides to each, you kind of understand why the players have gone and then you understand why people are mad that they've gone. Right. So it's kind of, it's so early that I think, you know, I'm kind of interested to see where it all stands this time next year? How are we talking about, you know, how are we talking about that tour at this point next year? Now, I think that was a great question. A great, uh, great question. Thank you, Freddie, for, for that question right there. And it, that goes into like a, a really good section that I wanted to touch on you with the live tour. And are, are you one of these people that are just like, uh, Hey, PGA is the best. They're honorable. They do everything right. And the live tour is doing everything wrong. I, I, I mean, it's like I say, it's so early. What have they played? One event. They've played one event, right? Um, all these guys are back, you know, playing the 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 U.S. Open. I'm I'm a, I, I, I'm guessing you probably picked up on it, right? But I'm a like, I guess a traditionalist when it comes to golf. Like I love the U.S. Open. I love the British Open. You know, guys like Faldo, the history, like Jack Nicklaus, things like that. Um, I just hope that whatever happens that and how it all pans out that kind of the history of golf kind of isn't isn't affected by however everything shakes out. You know, you yeah. look at like where they're playing this week. I mean, it's amazing, right? The the country club Francis we met and all that stuff. I mean, that, that's I just I just hope that the history of golf isn't affected 5 6 10 years from now by what's going on, you know? I, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's golf. It's the spirit of golf is there yeah. at, at Brookline right now. Right. It's, it's, it's there 
uh, you know, you got Francis Wiemet's house is across the street off of the 17th yeah. hole. You know, there's so much history. It hadn't been played there since 1913 when the last amateur won a major championship. It's just, it, it is. And everyone keeps talking about the dark cloud. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of like the other direction. I said, I don't think there's a dark cloud. I think. I there's think, a lot of eyes. There's a lot of eyes on golf right now. Yeah, there, there is a lot. There's a lot of eyes, you know, and, and they, what's one of the things in business they always say? Uh, negative publicity is still good publicity, right? Yeah, that's one of the, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I don't, I'm not always necessarily always a true believer in that, but you know what, that's what everybody's talking about in the golf and the, in, in the sports world. And yeah, I mean, uh, you look at like ESPN and there's a, there's a headline about golf every day right now. Right. Oh yeah. It, and, and it's great. And, and like you stated, I'm curious too. I'm curious. And you know what? I watched it and I tuned in. And you know what? I ain't gonna lie. It was nice just just to see like nothing but just golf, mm -hmm. like just golf. I mean, there was there was golf nonstop. It's not like how it is, you know, with you know the PGA right now, to where they're taking a five hour product and they're stretching it out to like seven eight hours. You know that that was nice. Now, as as we as we talk more about this live tour. Do you think, and I know you you stated that you're that you're kind of waiting for instructions from the higher up. Do you think this could this could potentially affect some of those people that are sponsored by Callaway that they could lose their sponsorship or their deals? I don't know. I mean, the the first event we had, I mean, there were there were still not just Callaway. There were players wearing the brand. I think right, the players were wearing the brands they were associated with, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be you know the Callaway, Titleist, TaylorMade, Ping, um, so I I wish I had a good answer, but I, I I just I don't know. All right, favorite golf movie. Tin Cup. All right, favorite character. <laughs> Roy McIlroy. <laughs> Come on. I mean, well, as a mini as a mini tour of golfer, you kidding me? You're gonna you're gonna ask me that? I'm I'm just saying, would you be <laughs> would you be sponsored by Ed's Smokehouse? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, is like you know what? I like, hey, I, I'm more of like a Romeo type character, so that's why yeah. I have to ask, you know, which which you know, I have to ask my guests which is their Rome, favorite. Rome, Rome's is the next best character. I there mean, you just go. The, See, the, the that movie is just like. It's like everything we all go through in golf, right? All rolled into one movie. It's right, so it good. is. And especially, so if, especially if you've lived or played it around Texas too, right? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So you're familiar, right? I was actually uh, at the, the, the STPGA, the section hosted an event um, at uh, Kingwood. And that, oh, what hole is it? Is it like the 13th or 14th hole was where they filmed the 18th hole of Tin Cup. Yeah, where you had to go over water, right? You yeah, and I've just water. stood there staring the whole time, just laughing, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, that's this is so cool. <laughs> All right. I got Felipe Keynes asked, have you ever had a hole in one or how close? I'm fortunate enough, I think I've got seven on the books. Damn. Damn. I, that's I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a good story about a hole in one, too. All right. Lay it on us. Co I was, uh, junior year at college, I think it was my junior year, senior year. We're at the Auburn University course. It was hole number 17. It's a practice round for NCAA regionals, and it's a long par three. And I hit this three iron and just freaking striked it. Just this thing is just like all over it. Hits the front of the green, scoots up the green. We hear it hit the flag and doink, it goes in. So my teammates are all going nuts, <laughs> right? 
when do you make a hole in one with a three iron, right? So what, what's the one thing you want to do when you make a hole in one, right? You want to pick it out the hole. So here goes my coach in a cart uh... and he, he drives up to the green, jumps out the cart, walks across the green and picks the ball out the hole and says, yeah, it's in. <laughs> like, coach, what are you doing? Like, really? <laughs> That's some bad luck. That's some bad juju right there, though. Oh, man. I, I could have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, so seven? You man, dude, you've had seven. Oh man, it's been a while since the last one, though. Ah, oh, that's that's okay though. You, you you got seven to hang your hat on. Yeah, I haven't hit too many good shots lately. So, <laughs> all right, craziest story or craziest experience you've had out in the course or in the golf industry? Oh man, oh. I think uh, when you say crazy, like, would you say like the best experience or it, it, anything? You tell me anything. Like recently, one that comes to mind is uh, Ben Crenshaw hit golf balls on my track man for 30 minutes right in front of me. That was oh, pretty man. cool. He's awesome. I love Ben. He's awesome. At Austin, at Austin Golf Club, he just kind of he, he still tinkers with golf equipment, right? So he just came out and I've gotten to know him because I'm the, their sales rep. Right. So I've met him a few times, but he stood in front of me and hit golf balls for 30 minutes. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. He's awesome. I met him there in the media room uh, during the 2019 uh, Dell match play. And, you know, uh, being new into this game, right into the media game, uh, I don't like to step on any toes and I want to make sure that I yep. get my credentials the following year. Right. So I said, I'm going to be, yep. I'm going to be a good boy. Right. But I saw him speaking uh, and it was a break during a podcast, right. That him and one of the guys from, I think the 15th club, uh, they do a podcast out of Austin. Right. Yeah. And I go over there and it just so happened. I had a picture of uh, these clubs that used to be his, right. There were some old, I think Cleveland golf clubs. And I go over there and I said, I said, excuse me. Hey, Mr. Crenshaw, shake his hand you know, introduce myself. And I show him the picture of these golf clubs. And I said, do you remember these? And he's like, oh, damn, I haven't seen these clubs since like the 80s. And I said, well, uh, you gave these to a golf architect and he gave him to one of his best employees. And he told me this whole story. He goes, he told me, this guy told me that they were rusty, they were beautiful. And we played around at a Brack. And he told me, he goes, he goes, you notice how like my swing's a little weird. And I said, yeah, well, that's everyone's swing, right? He goes, well, these clubs weren't made for me. And I'm over here like, uh, okay, uh, who were they made for? <laughs> who were they made for? He goes, they were made for Ben Crenshaw. Ben and, Crenshaw. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it was awesome seeing him when I showed him the picture. It, like he saw his eyes light up and it took him yep. down like like memory lane. I've held I've held the putter that he won the 94 Masters with. He, he's let me hold that putter before. What kind of putter was it? It's like a – that's I think it's the one he calls Little Ben. It's actually a Cleveland putter. Most people think it's a Wilson, like an 8802, but it was actually a Cleveland putter. I mean, it is, it is a thing of beauty. But And when I was holding it, it was in the parking lot at Austin Golf Club. I was scared to death I was going to drop it on the concrete. <laughs> yeah. was, was too bad. I know what you mean there, all right? So Because I'm at Ben's, and I'm looking for – I have like a Maverick head, right? I buy a Maverick head real cheap, and I said, I need a shaft, right? And he goes, hey – are you going to hit golf balls here? And I said, yeah, I'm going to hit golf balls here. He said, because I have UTSA's whip, top women's player, Cameron Carillon coming 
to check out these shafts, you know, whatever. Right. And I said, okay. And so he gives me like four shafts and he puts them right in my hands. And so I'm walking out of his shop. Right. And I trip on something and I drop all the shafts on the ground. Right. And I'm like this. Oh crap. I pick him up real quick. I hit with them and I bring it back in and he goes, Hey, you know how Ben's face. Hey, did you like him? You know, he's like, did you like them? Yeah. And I said, I said, oh yeah. I, I said, oh yeah, I love them. They're cool. He goes, well, they're from 250 to $350 each. And I'm just like thinking in my mind, oh you shit, dropped them I dropped all these damn shafts. Poor girl, yeah. you know, like they're, you know, poor girl. Cause they were gripped weird. Cause they were for a lefty. Yeah. Right. And so, all right. I got Ian right here. I got, I'm sorry. I got Brandon right here. Brandon Ellis, ask Ian about the time he made about 500, uh, about 500 foot of putts at Fort Sam. Oh, yeah, I beat the shit out of Brandon for two <laughs> rounds. <laughs> yeah, I didn't miss a putt for two days. He was so mad. Yeah. All right, last thing we've right been, here. We're, we're best friends since then. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it, I would too. I would too, especially if you were my rep. Yeah. I'm a Callaway guy. Oh, yeah, you'd definitely be my best friend. All right, last question here that I ask all my guests. Who are you playing your final round of golf with on this earth? Oh, man. My, uh, my dad recently started to play golf, so I guess i got to throw him in there, right? Man, I have to go my my dad, my brother, and my wife. How's that? Oh, man, that's great, brother. That would be, be, uh, be a pretty good round right there. Hey guys, thank you for your comments and all your support. I will let you know we'll do a little drawing to see here who wins. Uh, who wins the dozen, uh, the couple dozen of the of the Callaway golf balls? Ian, thanks so much, brother. I appreciate your time. It's been a freaking blast having you on the show. That was awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a good night, brother. All right, see ya. Man, <laughs> he's badass, and now I know why everybody loves him and everybody likes to deal with him. He's a great guy in this game of golf. Uh, he's doing some great things, got some great relationships. I want to thank another one of my presenting sponsors. I want to thank Four Bros Golf League 2.0, Four Bros 2.0. If you don't have a home, never play golf alone again. Check out Four Bros 2.0 on Facebook. You can check them out on my website at www.nothingobgolf.com. I, will, I do have a little section right there that says Four Bros at the top. There's a little link to where you can check out. It has our outings on there. Guys, amazing friendships, great camaraderie, great, beautiful, amazing courses. Our home course is Alistation Golf Club. I want to say a special thank you to uh, Mrs. Laura Reed, who is just amazing. Her and her staff out there at Alistation Golf Club right there, as you can see right here, it is uh, the backdrop right here. Great people. We just played there. We have a 10-hole, the best damn 10-holes in Texas League every Tuesday night at Alisation Golf Club. We have different formats. Sometimes it's solo. Sometimes it's two-man. It's only, it's only $15 to go out and play. That is your green fee and your cart fee. Amazing. And you know what? It's so beautiful out there in the Medina Valley, out there in the hill country. Amazing right here. Let's check out some of the comments we got tonight. Philip. Felipe Keynes, awesome show. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it, brother. Right there. Freddie Garcia, come on, four bros. Uh, uh, here we go. Jacob Munoz, whatever you do, don't give them to Arnold. He cancels on golf outings. This is true. Freddie does cancel a lot on golf outings. But you know what? He talks a great game, and that's why we love Freddie. Okay, right here. Great job, brother. Love everything you do for the game of golf. Appreciate it. I try my best. 
Uh, we got so many good people, so many great organizations, so many beautiful courses here in the greater in San Antonio, in the greater San Antonio area. I'm just trying to put them all out there. There you go. Freddie, wow, I'm hurt, but not hurt enough. Hey, guys, thanks for the support. Thanks for tuning in. 